Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to teach you how to be an authentic leader. I'll also be interviewing business expert Rocky Romanella, who shares his book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, a phenomenal book which teaches you practical ways to be a powerful, balanced leader. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Many of you know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you don't yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is written like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores the character's grief and loss. And just like a story, the character experiences heartache and eventually he finds healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, follows the same character. He has an internal awakening, and in this awakening he recognizes all the things in his life which aren't healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase both albums on iTunes or any other digital music store, or simply listen to them on iHeartRadio. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you're currently hearing is from the first first album, Consolation, entitled Consolation. Being an authentic leader. Typically, when we think of a leader, we think of someone who is a CEO of a company or someone who is the captain or president of some club. And yes, in fact, that is a leader. But I want us to realize that we all are a leader. Think about it. If you have a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you say something pretty negative to them, well, you've changed the tone of the conversation and all of a sudden there's tension between the two of you. That is a form of a leader. When somebody can change the environment or someone can navigate people to a different frame of mind or to encourage someone to do something differently, that is a form of leadership. So there's focused versions of leadership, and that, of course, is when you are in a business setting or you are a leader of of some specific group or organization. But the unfocused version of what a leader is is just simply somebody who can change the environment of their world. One of the most important factors in yourself to be aware of is being authentic. For example, if you're talking to one of your friends and they have a really bad temper, You could say something to them and all of a sudden they just blow up at you. And after a while, that causes you to feel very uncertain about how they're going to act every time you're around them because you don't know if they're going to blow up at you. Conversely, you interact with someone who's always steady, who's always consistent in their response. You know what to expect. And of course, we don't think of that consciously or subconsciously. We just know that they're always going to be even keeled. So going back to that person who's very volatile, if we feel uncomfortable around them, did you know that sometimes you do that within yourself? And what I mean by that is this, if you're not consistent in everything you do in every area of your life, well, you're just like that volatile person who changes all the time. And when that happens, we don't have that self-confidence within us to know that regardless of whatever happens in any situation, we are going to respond in the healthiest way for us. That can be from how we respond emotionally, with what our thoughts are, with what our actions are, and many different types of ways because we've trained ourselves to be aware of what we do. We've trained ourselves to be consistent. 
And that can be from the largest thing. If somebody confronts us in a negative way, we automatically know how we're going to respond. We don't have to get worked up about it because historically you've always reacted the same way. So you know exactly what to do. You don't have to think about it. You just do it. And the more consistent you are within yourself, knowing that in every situation when no one is around or even when people are around that you're your authentic self, then you're going to be the most powerful leader you can be. Be true to yourself. One thing that I always have people do is create a framework. And in everything you do, you use that framework. For example, some people will say, well, God is watching you. And if you use that framework of God is watching you, well, then you may not do those same type of things that you would do if you didn't think that God was watching you. Or some people may say, your children are watching you. And then all of a sudden you think, well, if my children were watching me, I wouldn't do this. So it's the same type of thing. You have to come up with it for yourself. What is that framework in which you determine if something is consistent or not? If there's certain people you wouldn't want to see you act that certain way, maybe use those specific people in your mind to create those parameters of what you will do and what you won't do. Because the more consistent you are with that, the more successful you will be to always be true to yourself and you'll be authentic to yourself and you'll be able to trust yourself. My guest today is going to be talking more in depth about this, but I wanted to give you a little bit of a background to think about as we start the interview. So today, the challenge is to figure out what are those parameters that you would set. Use a concept of someone to simply ask yourself, if so-and-so were to see me do this, what would they think or how would they feel? Because when you can trust someone to be your conscience, then that helps you be consistent in every single thing you do. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Rocky Romanella is a founder and CEO of 360 Management Services, a management consulting firm specializing in executive speaking, leadership development, and consulting services. Rocky is an experienced leader who led one of the largest rebranding initiatives in franchising history, the UPS Store, revolutionizing the $9 billion retail shipping and business services market. He is here to speak with us today about his amazing book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, which teaches its readers how to be effective leaders by implementing Rocky's balanced leadership model. Welcome to my show, Rocky. James, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. You're absolutely welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you. I was really excited when I saw the, the, the information that you had originally sent me about your book. I think you're so relatable to many of my listeners. You know, you were not only this, this successful CEO, but you have perhaps a different background than other people because you literally, literally started from the ground up. So we can't wait to talk with you about your book and about your background and how this book is really revolutionizing and helping its readers become the, the most well-balanced leaders that they can be. Well, thank you for asking. And yes, it's a, I had an exciting uh, career and uh, a fun-filled career. But as you said, I started uh, from the bottom up. I grew up in a town in New Jersey, Exit 11 for those Jersey folks out there, <laughs> uh, Wibbers, New Jersey. And upon graduation of uh, high school, I attended St. John's University, which was predominantly a commuter college. And mm -hmm. since I was paying my way through school, you know, it was a natural fit for me to be able to attend St. John's and, and work a part-time job. I was hired at UPS. They were hiring uh, part-time package handlers, and I took that job, and that was uh, June 15, 1976. So I'm kind of showing my age here, James. <laughs> so when you – let me ask you this. So when you, when you actually started that job, had you any idea that this would be something that you would fall in love with? I mean, let's say you were there for the first, you know, first couple of weeks. Could you imagine that this was 
the direction you wanted your life to go as far as staying with UPS for so long? Oh, no, absolutely not. I actually went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach. So that was the plan. You oh. know? And I started, yeah, I started, my dad, rest his soul, said that one of my children is going to go to college. I was the oldest. He looked at me, said, it's you, and then said, but we have no money. So you got to figure out a way to do that. So, so UPS was hiring a part-time job. And I was like, wow, I'm in. It's, it's, yeah. And it was a great workout, James, because you're unloading trailers, loading trailers. And then, uh, I became a part-time supervisor inside UPS, and that's when I made the transition at college from uh, becoming a teacher to uh, I took management studies and got my uh, degree in, in business administration. And it really came down because I felt like being a good leader, you're a good teacher, you're a good mentor, and you're a good coach. And that's what I always believed teaching and becoming a coach would be like. And so in the business world, I felt if you're a good leader – you were going to be a good teacher and a good coach. So I felt like it was just a natural for me. So even though your, your original perception of being that teacher and that coach, obviously you, you retailered that, rebranded yourself to something different in, a, in the corporate world. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. But I felt like success was going to come from the ability to mentor, train and develop and, and give, you know, you know, I've always believed that leadership is, you know, providing that bridge to the future for people and giving them a chance to see wh where their best qualities are and how they can become the best they can be. And that's what great leadership's about. Yeah, exactly. And now I definitely want to jump to the book in a minute. As you continue the major progress in your career with UPS, how did you find yourself morphing into this much more polished understanding of what, what leadership is overall? How, how did that come about? Well, I can't take credit for this. I have to credit my dad. Uh, so when <laughs> I, get, I, I get the job at UPS, right? And I go in for the, before I go in for the interview, I tell my dad about the job and he says, this is the first real job I had at this point. Before that, I was, you know, working at Stewart's Root Beer, running around with the hat on, trying to, you know, sell root beer and, you know, I was a car hop as a matter of fact. And so I get this job, I'm all excited and my dad sits me down and says to me two things. He says, you know, first, you know, do whatever they ask you to do and second, say thank you. Hmm. I'm like, okay, so I... Do, do whatever they ask you to do and say thank you. So so UPS has a promotion from within policy. So as I was growing inside of UPS and taking on additional responsibility, as they came to me and said, hey, we have opportunity for you in Chicago. Are you willing to go? Well, back in my mind, I heard my dad saying, say yes and thank you. So I said, yeah, sure. Uh, th and thanks, by the way. You know. So <laughs> we go. And of course, I go home, my wife, Debbie, look at me and say, where are we going? I mean, you know, I married this uh, wonderful woman from uh, Brooklyn, New York, and she thought moving was going to New Jersey. I mean, that was <laughs> I mean we, had a, we had a move and we stopped in Staten Island first because she, you know, thinking, well, I, I am not going right to Jersey from Brooklyn. So we got to stop in Staten Island for a while. So this was, you know, when I went home, I told her, yeah, we're moving. We're going to Chicago. She said, oh, OK, OK. So, so that's when the journey began. But it really came down James to my dad instilling in me that, you know, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank mm. you. Which is so practical, but so powerful. Oh my God. He was, uh, you know, it's funny when you, when you, I think back of those conversations I had with him and he said so many wonderful things to me. And when we get to the book, we'll talk about that, that the book in, in many ways is a tribute to him and the legacy that he taught me mm. and how legacy is such an important part of of be, being a successful leader is, did you leave it a little better place than, than you found it? Are people better because of their time with you? And I think about how he touched all of his children, myself, my brother, Georgie, Anthony, and my sister, Mary Ellen. It's, it's just amazing. You know, he used to always say to us, it's what you do when no one's watching mm -hmm. that counts. Yes. You know, and I would say to him, hey, dad, that's the best part. No one's watching. <laughs> and he would say, uh, 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 there's always two people watching. Yes. He used to say, the man upstairs 
and you yourself, you always see what you do. And so you have to answer to yourself. And so those were powerful lessons that mm-hmm. as I got older, became a parent, you know, you know, uh, got more responsibility inside of, uh, of work. I really sat there at times. I thought, wow, he, he just was so inspiring without realizing it and, and was such a, a great person without, you know, never thinking he was, you know, though, you know, if he's, he's sitting up in heaven now saying, nah, you know, I wasn't, wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I think that that's, I mean, like you said, he's taught you so many lessons, but that authentic, congruent integrity, when we always manifest that, that is when, first off, we can trust ourselves because we know how we're always going to act. You know, for example, if if I act one way with my friends, but by myself, I act a different way. Well, in reality, I'm really not trusting myself because I'm not really sure what's going to come out based off what the circumstances is. But when I'm always when I'm always focused and I'm always right and true to what is healthy and that level of integrity, then I can truly trust myself to say, regardless of what happens, I know I'm going to react because I've proven it in these large things and small things. I'm consistent. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. And I think for me, that's one of the credibility, you know, things that I feel like I bring, you know, I've, I've kind of walked the talk. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've had those ups and downs. You know, I always say that, you know, look, we can always celebrate the good things and that's a good thing to do, you know, but you know, when you have, you know, but life isn't full of everything's going to be perfect. So what happens is, is how do you manage through those difficult times? You know, what kind of person are you in those tough times? And, you know, you never want to let your highs get too highs or your lows get too lows. And so what really defines you as a person and as a leader is how do you manage through the ups and downs and the difficulties? And what's your true character in those difficult yes. times? And to your point, if you know who you are and you, and you know what you stand for and you know what you won't compromise, it gets you through those difficult times, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to have to manage through those. And people do not forget how you handled yourself during the difficulties. Exactly. And the reality is, is that if you do change your mind or change outside of that personal profile that you typically create, there's people who remember that and they're not going to trust you because they don't know how you're going to react. Anyone who's wishy-washy in that respect is not really an ally. They're, they're, <laughs> they're not someone that you really want to align yourself with. Oh, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And we talk about that in, 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 you know, in this concept of balanced leadership. It's that same balance you show in your character you know, if, if people can trust who you are and what you stand for and you're, how you're going to react, then, then they'll follow you. But if they're not sure how you're going to react, you know, there's three types of people, you know, the early adopters, those folks that kind of sit on the fence. And then there's those individuals who are, are just not going to participate no matter what happens. Right. And that's just a small percentage. But if you think about it, if you bounce around a lot or you're, you're not consistent in your personality, you're not consistent in your values and your views of things and, or how you're going to, you know, manage your people or manage yourself. What happens is the early adopters become pinballs, right? Cause they're mm-hmm. trying to follow you. They're all excited. You know, James said, we're going to go this way. I want to be the first one to get there. The folks on the fence just sit there and say, Hey, let's wait this out. Yeah. This is going to change a number before, of times. Yeah. Four, right. Or, you know, he's excited today, but by tomorrow he's going to be mad at us. So just wait <laughs> it out. And then the other folks on the, the you know, your malcontents or people who are, or, who you just aren't going to participate. They're not, they're, no matter what you did, they were mm-hmm. going to, weren't going to participate at all. So you put them off to the side in, in the sense of, you know, you, you really got to take care of that 80% of the people who are good people that want to do the right things that need good leadership or, or like being in, in your company. And you got to show them that you're consistent in how you do things that consistency is so important. And I think having consistent good values, consistently doing things in in a moral, ethical way makes you a good leader. I think it starts there. Yes. And exactly, because it always trickles down. Yes. 
Well, let's, this, I think this is a wonderful segue right into the book. So let's talk about this book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. How, how does your conception, well, you told us about your background as far as you know, wanting to um, be a, a teacher and a coach and how that translated as you moved up in the ranks with UPS. But how, when you stepped away from UPS, how did this book actually start to formulate? Well, you know, I first started the book, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to write a book and really that was a tribute to a wonderful family and, and a grateful respect for an excellent career. And I, that I felt very fortunate to be blessed to have lived and learned from, and it was many great people along the way who mentored me, who put their arm around Rocky Romanella at those times and said, come here, kid, let's go for a walk here. I think you need <laughs> you get guidance here. And it also gave me an opportunity to kind of recognize two influential people in my life. My dad, who we've talked about, his mm -hmm. name was Pasquale. And then my thoughtful, caring, loving wife, Debbie, who's really been just, you know, you know, just a great partner, but such, such an influence on my adult life. And, you know, we were fortunate we raised uh, four beautiful children, but she has just been just an, mm. you know, an outstanding person, a great mom and a great leader, you know, in her own way. Although, you know, she she doesn't think that, but I got to tell you, unbelievable. And many of the, many of the things I talk about in the book, I really reference things that I've I've learned from her, saw her do with our family and our kids, and the way she goes about doing things. So mm, that's, that's really how the yeah, that's really how the book started, James. And then, you know, I realized as I was writing the book, and I thought back on my career, it really is about legacy. And I thought about my dad and thought about how, you know, you know, he raised his family and how all of us, although individuals and we have our own personalities, we all have those values, the ethics, the, the you know, the things that he taught us. And so I thought to myself, it really is about legacy. It really is about the way you leave the place. Is it a little better because of you? And are people better because of you? Are your customers and your business better? In your case, you know, is your audience better because of their interaction with James Miller? And I would say listening to your to your interviews and listening to your show, yes. I mean, I feel like, you you know, you get done listening to say, wow, you get a lot of aha moments when I listen to James Miller. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I think that's legacy, right? Yeah. That's your legacy. You don't define it that way, maybe. And so once I started to think about it in that perspective, I said, you know, I want to write a book. That A is a tribute to Deb and, and, and my dad, but also is a way for, for people to help themselves. And, and I think it's a book written with a lot of stories. I like to tell stories. I feel like no one likes to be preached to. Or, no. or, <laughs> so if you can tie together some good stories, get people to laugh a little bit, like, you know, and then I think all of a sudden you have those aha moments, right? And, it, and as a teacher, that's what you aspire to in a classroom, to see those little light bulbs go off above the heads of all your your pupils or students, right? You're thinking, of, okay, we're connected. They're, they're seeing it. So for me, that really was the guiding principles for me to, during the book. Have some fun, have some great stories that tie together lessons. And then, you know, at the end of the book, you sit there and if you had that aha moment, that you know what? In some cases, it reinforces that the things you do are really good. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we wonder, are we, are we good leaders? Are we doing the right things? And if the book helps you reinforce that you are, that's wonderful. If there are things that you say, you know what? I could have done this differently. I could have maybe looked at it differently. I never thought of it that way. Well, that's even better. And then if you smiled... Well, that's great. If you got a good laugh at the stories, then I'm a happy guy. So that was good. <laughs> well, I like the way that you took the concept or the connotation of legacy, because most people, when they think of a legacy, it's, it's passed down from family to family, or family, excuse me, generation to generation. And that's usually the concept of what legacy is. I like the fact that you make it much more 
in the moment? What is my legacy based off of when I leave the room, when people turn off my show, when people read your book? I really like that you've retooled that, if you will. I mean, uh, rebranded it, I suppose, in the way of how people can review the legacy. And I think it's really applicable because a person doesn't have to be a CEO of a company. A person doesn't have to be this or that. But I think just even being a leader in a didactic or communication, for example, like you and I, we're both being leaders in the communication because we presented ourselves in a way that's authentic to ourselves. And I think anyone who really maybe re-looks re at what a leader is, it doesn't have to be, like I said, this, this huge corporate level. It could be simply a leader in your friend group, a leader in, um, in, in uh, a conversation you're having with somebody. So I really think it is important when you think, well, how did I make the situation better? How did I make this environment better? And then you build off of that into more of maybe your corporate world or maybe more into the different levels of what is considered true leadership. So I think there's so many takeaways that any of your readers can really extrapolate and internalize for themselves on a day-to-day basis as well. Oh, I would agree. I mean, you know, leadership is something we all have concerns about. Leadership is a concept, you know, it's not reserved for only, or, you know, reserved for only applies to certain people in business, government, or civil, you know, civic organizations. The reality is that no matter our age, our gender, our occupation, educational level, or even our position in life, each of us touches influence other mm-hmm. lives. And I think that's the key. You know, to me, you know, you what leaders are your teachers. I mean, think about it. All of us have that teacher who touched us at some point yeah. through our education process that they're but for the grace of God, we might be somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? But they touched us, right? They gave us a vision or a view. They mentored us. And so, you know, because you you don't have a title. I mean, I, to me, I, today, as as I sit here today, James, and talk to you, and enjoy it very much, by the way, <laughs> as I talk to you, I have the greatest title I've ever had in, in my life, and that's Grandpa. Oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. So I have two <laughs> grandchildren. Uh, Nico Anthony is uh, 14 months, and Penelope Rose is uh, about that three is, weeks old that's now. That's a beautiful name. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Well, thank you. But that's the point. So, you know, you, uh, to me, that's the greatest title. You know, and people say, oh, you had a CEO title, you had a board member title, you had a president title. Yeah, those are all good. And, and, and look, I, I'm proud of them. But at the end of the day, it, it really is, are you a good person? Mm-hmm. Do people respect you because of the way you went about doing your job or doing, you know, did were you a good person in, in those difficult times? Were you there? Did you... You know, did you take the time and know something about your the people that are in your care, right? I never like to say people work for me. I say people are in my care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's a different approach to looking at it. So I think if you can take that approach to, you know, that's so important because I think leadership is being a starts with being a good person. I mean, and I think you said it before, and I think you're so correct. People, I love when people make this statement. Well, is it me at work or is mm. it me at home? Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Nobody, nobody turns the light switch off. That's the sink <laughs> Yeah, the foundational piece of who we are is always going to come out, whether we're under duress or whether we're just having fun with our family. That Those, those f- fundamental characteristics and morality compass or the moral compass is always going to be the same. Right. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, you know, and, and it's, it, I crack up cause it's in the little things too. I mean, are you the person when the, you know, you're walking out and you realize, Oh, the cashier forgot to, forgot to charge me for that. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you and I walk back and say, Hey, excuse me. You forgot to charge us for this. Yeah. You know, the other, you know, another person walks out home run, home run. Oh gosh. <laughs> I just got this. I, you know, when you think to yourself, okay, your home run though, was that someone else's disadvantage because yeah. 
maybe when they check out at the end of the day, that poor person at the checkout is going to have to pay for that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, of course so you don't know. Yeah. So at the at, at at every level, James, there's that. You know, how do you deal with something as simple as that? To you know, look at some of the stuff you see in the in the news every day about major corporations, mm-hmm. where you're like, how does it get to that? Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing. What I always tell people is, what we do right this second takes us in a direction that's going to cause us to be the that person tomorrow. For example, if um, like if I sit on the couch today and I eat a Snickers bar. And then tomorrow, I sit on the couch, eat another Snickers bar. Well, two weeks from now, I'm going to gain all this weight and my muscles are going to atrophy. So, But it was a choice I made right this second to sit on the couch. And that led to another decision to sit on the couch a little bit longer. And pretty soon, that becomes a lifestyle. So I always tell people, if we can really, in the moment, be mindful of what we do and what we say, that creates a new foundational piece so that when another opportunity arises, 10 minutes from now, I'm going to be more of my true authentic self and move my life in a direction that is the healthiest for me. Same type of thing if you, if, if someone realizes that they gave the wrong change back and they have extra money, well, then they've all, all of a sudden understood that, that, hmm, if this happens again, maybe I can make more money. So maybe how can I, and maybe not to this extreme, but how can I maybe have this happen again so maybe I can get more money from that? And we move our life and our energy and our direction in a completely wrong way from the potential in the development that we really could have. And so I always tell people in this moment, are you being, just kind of like what we talked about earlier, are you being the best you or the most, excuse me, are you being the healthiest you? And being the healthiest you allows you in the next moment to be even more healthy. And that is where we personally grow and develop to such a way that we wouldn't have had we simply not even thought about what we're doing. We just go out about our day and not even being aware of the choices and the, is even the, the thoughts we have in the moment about who and what we can become. Well, I think, you know, I think you, you, you're, you're, you're right on on this, but I also think that you said something that I think sometimes that people just miss and that, that there's a, there's a distinct difference, James, between making a mistake mm-hmm. and making a decision, right? Yes. And so we're making a bad decision. And what you're defining is, look, we all make mistakes, right? We're yeah, humans, we, we, but when we make bad decisions, then that then that's when we have to hold ourselves and our people accountable for those decisions you know so that's where i think the you know oftentimes you know the mis- mistake happens you know people say oh i made a mistake okay well i mm-hmm. look at it and say well yeah that's a legitimate mistake let's help you understand make a better decision well then there's that bad decision right you know you know now that the doctor has said to you that you have high cholesterol mm-hmm. and that you have to whatever and now, but I continue to now eat the wrong foods. Well, before I knew I had high cholesterol, maybe I was making a uh, you know a mistake. Now that I know I have high cholesterol or this is bad for me, now I'm making a bad decision. Yeah, and it's, it's a the conscious same, decision. It, yeah, right. It's the same with work. It's like you know when somebody brings to you a situation that needs attention and you you do not accept that responsibility. Knowledge bears responsibility. Now I have knowledge of a, a situation. I have, that's a bad decision if I don't do the right thing with that information. If I don't move it forward to someone else in the organization, if I don't address the problem, if I look the other way, that's not a mistake. That's a bad decision. It's a blatant decision, yeah, a conscious That's decision. right. And then you're held accountable for that decision. And, and, and through the book, we talk a lot about that, that, you know, it's, it's accepting that responsibility. It's the ability to say, wait a second, you know, I have knowledge of a situation. I have to take ownership of it. And, and whether it's in your personal life as a parent or in your health situations or in business, you know, knowledge bears responsibility. I have to make the right decisions. And what you evaluate me on is do I make good decisions? 
you know, people say all the time, you know, what's the evaluation of a good leader? Do, did I make good decisions? You know, we're going to make mistakes. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But did I make bad decisions? If I'm making bad decisions, then I have a, co a pattern of conduct that says he's not going to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. He'd be the person in charge. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a really healthy distinction between making mistakes and correcting yourself versus making mistakes and not taking responsibility for it. And then that, that just goes back to that level of integrity that if, we're, if we don't have that level of integrity with ourselves, there's no way that us being either a leader or an integral part of any corporation or agency is going to be successful in any way because that, that larger entity is going to have, you know, we're only like they always say, you're only strong as, as your weakest link. Well, you're you, not you personally, but that person is the weakest link because there's no integrity there. And so without integrity in any situation, it is going to crumble eventually. And, but when we, when we just have to take that personal, I guess, accountability in everything we do is now with this information, what do I do with it? And at the end of the day, it's on me. It's on my consciousness. Just like your dad said, the man upstairs and the man in your heart or woman in your heart, you're the one who knows who you want to be. And at the, we, we can't hide from that. Oh, no, it's, hey, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, if you believe it's the man upstairs, that's one, but it's always the person in that mirror. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes, when you is. look at that mirror, that's the, that, you know, that person always saw everything that you did and, yes. and knows exactly you know, what's in your heart, what's in your intentions when you did it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you articulated and summarized that very well. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, Rocky, it has been such a pleasure having you on my show. I can't wait for my listeners to go out and buy your book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. Where can they find the information more about you and about this amazing book online? So uh, we have our website at www. And the, it's the number three and then the word 60 management services. So I wish if I had to do over, you know, like you always have, if I had to do over again, if I had to do over again, I probably should have came up with a shorter domain name, you oh. know? <laughs> so it's number three and the word 60 management services i guess on twitter we're uh, hashtag uh, at at three at 60 management mgt and facebook at 360 mgt as well so we're on facebook and twitter and then the book is sold both on barnes and noble online as well as amazon online so you can uh find me there. And, uh, I hope people enjoy the book. I hope they find it. Uh, I hope they get a few aha moments. And at the very least, it, I, I hope they can re, re, you know, reinforce that they are doing some good things. There's yes. a lot of people, doing some good things out there. If I have one more quick moment, I will share with you the finest, uh, critique, uh, that I've gotten so far from the book. And uh -huh. it's uh, quite a few of my friends have read the book. I've got a couple of, a couple of emails on the on my website as well. And they say to me, I put the book down. I enjoyed the book. But you know what? I called my dad. Oh, or, wow. One, one, uh, two friends of mine called me and said, you know, you know, my, you know, my dad's passed away like yours. But, you know, I sat there and I just thought about my dad and some of the conversations we had. And I got to tell you, what an outstanding unintended consequence mm. of the book. I mean, to me, that has made me the happiest so far yeah. of the book that – Somebody would put that book down and think about their parents or think about those interactions that maybe they knew were special but never really thought of them in that way. Oh, my God. That, that wow, has made me feel so powerful. So, yeah, it really has been pretty cool, I got to tell you. So, uh, you, know, you know, very, very nice. So that's been really good. That's absolutely wonderful. Well, Rocky, I also want to let my listeners know that if they can't find your book at all, simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com in the storefront. You will see his book there, Tighten the Lug Nuts. And it'll lead you directly to Barnes & Noble or Amazon. And, um, and we, you can just find it there. So, Rocky, thank you once again for a phenomenal time. I really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with you about your book. And I hope to speak with you soon. 
Oh, I would be honored, James, and please, anytime. And uh, if any of your listen listeners have questions that they either send me on the website or send to you, you want to send over to me, I'd love to be able to help and answer them in any of their situations that are coming up as well. And so, and if you uh, have, have some time in the future and want to do it again, count me in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. You've done a great, excellent job. Be safe and have a great day. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever port you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.